You're listening to Rewrite Your Mindset, a podcast for the female entrepreneur ready to up-level every area of her life so she can feel confident, empowered, and ready to make her mark on the world. We work on rewriting our inner dialogue script that's holding us back so we can start seeing results. Are you done playing it small and ready to create the life of abundance and impact you've been dreaming about? You're in the right place. Hey guys, so today we're going to be busting through the top myths of why you can't start going after your dream today. Now I'm dead serious when I say today, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next year, not when you reach X milestone. By the end of the episode today, you're going to be able to start immediately. Cool? So a little background here. I built my very first business when we were stationed away from friends and family when my son was super, super tiny. I think he had just turned a year old when we officially launched our business, though we did kind of start the legwork beforehand, so he was still infant status. Um, I didn't have babysitters at the time because we were away from friends and family. didn't really know anybody. I also didn't have this excess amount of time to just putz around or anything like that. Our schedule was always packed. My son never slept. I was exclusively pumping when he was younger. I still did the work. I still showed up. I still had success. So almost four years later, that same small business just had to add on an extra pair of hands because we couldn't keep up with their current orders. I now have two kids, just four and two now, and one's going to preschool and the other one is staying home with me. I still make it work. So I don't want you to feel like if you are a stay-at-home mom or if you are a working mom, that it's not possible because you have children. It absolutely is. I wanted to preface with that. All right, the first one that we're gonna go over today, the first myth is myth number one, which is I don't have time. This is the first one because it's the one I hear the most. It's usually followed by a, I don't know how so-and-so does it, or I don't know how you do it, or I don't know enter a specific person here, does it all, okay? Here's the thing. We all have the same 24 hours in the day, and I know that that gets overused, and a lot of people will kick back with, well, because I think I hear the most is we all have the same 24 hours in the day as Beyonce or Oprah, and everybody's always like, well, they have private chefs and assistants and blah, blah, blah. Okay, sure, they do now. They didn't start that way, right? So yes, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. The only difference between them and you is you haven't learned how to prioritize your time yet. It's cool because we're going to go over that. If you're not in our Facebook group, we are currently doing the one thing for the book of the month. I cannot more highly recommend this book then it's one of my top reads this year. I absolutely love it. It's phenomenal on cutting the crap and helping you trim the excess from your current schedule. So 
if you have not joined the group yet, hop on over there. Everything's the same. Rewrite your mindset. Hop on over to the Facebook group because we're going to be diving into that book this month or just pick it up for yourself and read it on your own time. But it is amazing for the I don't have time myth. Okay, so let's look at your current schedule. Let's go over it. What are you committing to right now on a daily basis that you don't need to be? something pop up right there when I said it might be a hint also how many hours do you waste scrolling on your phone every day how much reality tv are you binging every evening take a fine-tooth comb to your current schedule and instead of saying I don't have time I want you to ask yourself how can I we're going to rewrite the sentence structure here because I don't have time is very final it's very like statement but when we say how can I our brain automatically clicks on and it's like well I don't know let's find the answer and if you're listening to this podcast it's probably because you have a dream job or career or milestone waiting for you right something that you've been dreaming about forever something that probably has a deep fire in your soul that you cannot put out you cannot stop thinking about it so achieving that dream I'm going to remind you right here achieving that dream is going to take every ounce of your being to step into that higher version of yourself and I want you to choose her over everything choose her over the reality TV show. Choose her over the endless scrolling or whatever bad habit you have right now that isn't serving you. It does not mean you cannot come back to these tasks that you love or the guilty pleasures. I'm just saying in the very beginning, you're going to have to sacrifice those moments so that you can make forward motion. So the next time you find yourself in one of those traps... I want you to ask yourself, would my higher self be doing this? Would the next version of myself, the person who's already achieved this, be doing these? These things, these tasks, this watching this TV show? Probably not, right? Choose that higher version of yourself because she's going to provide a life for you you've only ever dreamed of. She's going to show you possibilities that you can't even imagine right now because it seems so far out. And last but not least, you might not have, quote unquote, enough time because you're too busy making yourself look busy so that you can find an excuse as to why you haven't achieved whatever it is you're going after. This one stings. And I feel this one because I've done this countless times. Take a good look at everything that you've said yes to that maybe you should have said no to or because you're trying to avoid the pressure of not going after your own dream. So if you're filling your schedule on purpose, even if it's on a subconscious level, so that you have an excuse as to why you haven't achieved it yet, I want you to take a good, real, hard look at it right now. That and a lot of the time we wait for that free time that we think is going to come up. So maybe we wait for the summer because we're going to have more time then. Or maybe we're going to wait till our kids go to preschool and because then we'll have more time at home. Or whatever it is, I'm telling you right now, do not fall into that trap. When you say, I'm going to wait until 
X things happens, right? Insert, insert whatever it is here. The time is going to fill up anyways. I cannot tell you how many times that I have taken weeks off or a month off trying to get my life back together so that I could be more on top of it. And I have all these wonderful dreams of everything I'm going to accomplish within that quote unquote free time. And that free time suddenly gets eaten up by a million other little things that I didn't see coming. Or I filled it up with things that weren't productive. So I got lazy or I filled it up with video games or reading or binging TV or like all these other tasks that I hadn't been able to do forever. Now filled up all that free time. Okay. We're, we're always going to have a full schedule in this modern world. It's always going to be full. Make the time now. I want you to prioritize this new dream of yours that is no longer a dream, but a job you're going after, career that you're building, a business that you're building. Prioritize it like a job, not a hobby, because you're not doing this as a hobby. You're not doing this just for fun. You're doing this because you want to make an income off of that. And There's nothing wrong with wanting to make an income and an impact, but you can't do that if you don't prioritize it. So quit treating it like it's this hobby, like it's just this thing you do when you have free time. If that's your mentality around it, if you're only squeezing it in when you feel inspired or only squeezing it in when you have an extra few moments, you're never going to get there because it's not a priority to you. It's something that you do when you're able to or something you do when you have that free moment that perfectly aligns. We want to change it to it's something you do every day. It's something you commit to every day whether you are in the mood or not. You show up, right? Because in the beginning, it's going to take all of your consistency all of your time and time again showing up when you want to, when you don't want to, when things are tough, when things are easy, you need to show up every single day. So let's schedule it in. Make it part of your routine. Make it a job that you clock in and clock out of. And that may look weird and untraditional at first. A lot of my daily routines when it comes to building my business is when the kids are in bed. It's a late night or it's, you know, that nap time work crunch or my daughter's taking her nap and I'm trying to squeeze in as much time as possible to go after this venture. It's maybe when you're sitting in a parking lot waiting for school pickup or when you are on your way to an appointment, you're listening to audiobooks to help further your craft. Whatever it is, you probably have the time You're just not prioritizing it. Okay, myth number two is I've tried it before and it never works out. Now, there's a lot wrong with this sentence in general, so let's tear it apart a little bit, okay? Let's let's focus on the language we're using. I've tried it before. That's the first part. All right, you've tried it before. That's great. Contrary to popular belief, that is perfect. You know why? It means you have experience. Now, when you start again, you have a leg up because you know what to anticipate. 
that's super powerful, okay? The second part, it never works out. Remember here, what you're saying, you're speaking into existence. So whatever you're saying is what you're going to receive. If you say, I can't do blank, the universe or whatever your higher power is, is going to say, and so it is. If you say, I can't dance, and so it is. If you say, I'm not smart enough, the universe is going to say, and so it is. Practice that today. Practice saying, and so it is, after every sentence. You don't need to say it out loud. Obviously, that might look a little weird if you're out in public or working with random people or customers. But at least mentally say it after every sentence today. One, it's going to get you used to being aware of your current language. But two, you're going to realize just how many commands that you are giving Notice that the things I said earlier were statements. They weren't questions. I'm not smart enough. That's a statement. I can't do blank. I can't dance. I can't prioritize. I can't focus. I can't do this because I have kids. I can't blah, blah, blah. Those are all statements. They're final. They have a final tone to them. So... If you added, and so it is, as if your wish is my command after every single one of those, that's what you're going to receive. That's what's going to come back to you. Now, you can either change this narrative into something positive. I am more than capable. I have enough time. I can do this. Whatever you want to rewrite it to, make sure that it's a positive statement if you leave it in statement form. If not, I want you to turn it into a question, but I want you to focus on that question. So, if you say, I can't do this, and you rewrite that to, how can I, your subconscious is going to kick in, oh, she asked me a question, then you pay attention, and then your brain is going to go to work on finding a solution. But you can't do that unless you're looking for it. So make sure that you rewrite that I can't to how can I. And don't be surprised if you have a lot of aha moments. Even if it's not instantly. Maybe it's going to be later this afternoon after you've asked how can I. Maybe your subconscious mind will be like, oh, I've got it. Now, the second half of this is This is going to take commitment from you. When you're building your own business or you're going after that dream job, if you're truly going to go after this, you obviously need to be willing to give 100% of yourself into doing it, right? You need to keep going until you see that success. So back to that statement that we said earlier, I've tried it before and it never worked out. There's a couple things here. A lot of the times we start going after it and then immediately bail Once we see an obstacle or a small failure, maybe it's even a major failure, but basically the first instance where something doesn't go right. And we take this as a sign that it wasn't supposed to work out or that we weren't meant to do this. Now, I want you to imagine a world where you always got it right on the first try. You decided that you wanted to do this one thing. 
and immediately you went after it and you had success and it worked out. Chances are it's going to get boring real quick if you're always successful, if it always works out, if there's never any obstacles. It would get boring really fast and that win wouldn't feel like so much of a win because you already knew that you would be fine and that there would be no bumps along the road. Those bumps keep it interesting. Those obstacles teach us a little bit more about ourselves. Those failures are proof that we are trying. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to we're going to make a lot of failures. Um and let's rewrite the way we think about them. So if you fail, if you fail at something, it's just proof that you're trying. You need to keep going until you see the success, right? The road to success is paved in failures. So I think a lot of the time we get overwhelmed when we fail. But how much sweeter is it if we keep going and we do eventually get it? It feels so much more incredible than if we had just got it on the first try. Not only that, but we start to see what we are capable of when we do get over these obstacles or failures, when we do keep going, we finally realize throughout the journey just what we're capable of and what we can achieve. And a lot of the times, that's truly testing ourselves and pushing it to the limit. How far are you willing to go to see this come to success? So I always tell my husband that if I haven't won, if I haven't seen success, It means it's not over yet. I'm going to keep going until I see that. And that commitment, that drive is what you're going to need to keep going. Because it's going to get a little hairy. And there's going to be a few obstacles. And there's going to be, you know, complete curveballs thrown at you that you're going to have to dodge. And sometimes we're going to make massive failures or mistakes. But all of those things teach us something We can gain some kind of clarity from them. We can gain experience from them. We have, now that we have that experience, we know which direction not to go. Just make sure that you keep going and that you don't just give up over that one obstacle. Because when you look at it in hindsight, you're going to laugh at how small it looks once you've made it. Now, myth number three is... One of my personal favorites to pop. And that myth is the market is too saturated. This one actually makes me a little bit upset because (laughs) there's so many people that are holding themselves back from this statement. The market's too saturated. The market isn't too oversaturated. I don't care what industry you're in. There is someone out there that needs your message. There is someone out there that only you can put it in words that they understand or only you can design it in a way that gives them that happiness or joy or this is amazing. There is somebody out there or multiple people out there searching for you and they're lost because you haven't shown up yet. You keep hiding behind the market's too saturated and they keep searching and they keep coming back in vain 
because you haven't shown up yet. So the next time that you tell yourself the market's too saturated or there are too many people already doing it, I want you to go down the bread aisle at the grocery store or the chip aisle. Do you see the excess that's there? And you know what? My local Fred Meyer, my local grocery store, has one of those huge bread aisles. It is so big that it's not just one side of the aisle, it's both sides. But I can only, because I have food allergies, there are only two loaves of bread. Two specific loaves of bread in that entire aisle of probably hundreds of options that I can eat. And if those two companies didn't create those two loaves of bread, which one always seems to be sold out, so I'm really glad there's two, otherwise I would never get to eat bread. I wouldn't get to eat bread at all or to have to make it at home because every single one of the other ones has stuff that I can't eat. Now, if you are in the beauty world, I want you to go look at the beauty industry and tell me that makeup companies shouldn't start out because there's already too many of them. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Right? I don't know how large specifically the beauty industry is, but I'm guessing it's in the billions. It's not too oversaturated. There are so many people out there looking for you. And there are so many people out there that still can't find the right shade or can't find the right formula because somebody hasn't shown up yet and made it for them. Now, the other thing is that we often look at this quote-unquote oversaturation and look at it as I'll never be able to compare myself to them because they've been doing it for so long. And instead of looking at like that, I want you to look at it as job security. There are already people making an income at what you want to do. And because of that, when you show up, people have now already been educated on what it is you do, which means less work for you. So if you're diving into a relatively new career like blogging or coaching or that kind of thing, people are already paving the way for you ahead of time. If there are already people out doing what you want to do, look at it as living proof of what's capable, what you're capable of. But only if you keep showing up. Only if you keep going. Myth number four is I'm too inexperienced or I have too many flaws to lead. So these are two separate things, but they kind of go hand in hand. I usually see both of them at the same time. The first one I'm too inexperienced, I want to start off with because I think a lot of people see themselves when they compare themselves to somebody else, somebody that's been doing it far longer. The only way to gain experience is to experience it, right? To actually go and do it. So everybody starts at the beginning. Everybody starts with not a lot of experience. And I want you to look at it as maybe you don't have professional experience of going through whatever it is or doing whatever you want to go after. Let's take, let's give you an example because I like examples. They help my brain work a little better. So let's say you want to go into a coaching business for relationships specifically. That's your niche. So you've decided that you want to help couples build better relationships 
with themselves and with their significant other. But you haven't started out yet, so you feel inexperienced because you haven't actually sat down and walked through it with somebody. Now, maybe you don't have professional experience, and maybe you don't have a long list of past clients, but I'm sure that at some point in your life, you have helped people either better their relationship with themselves so that they can be a better spouse or significant other, or you have helped friends walk through some really rough times when it came to relationship issues. So I don't want you to discount all of the work that you've been doing. Even if you haven't helped a friend go through it, maybe you have personally gone through these relationship problems and experienced these things firsthand. And that's one of the best experiences of all. If you've actually been there and done those things, you do have experience. You have been there. You do understand on an intimate level. And this is especially important if you're in, say, a coaching business, is that you don't just have sympathy, you have empathy. You actually know what it feels like to be in that position, which means that you can word it perfectly for them to understand because you know what words you needed to hear when you were there. A lot of the times we end up serving past versions of ourselves, so basically an older version of us, an older version of us that needed the solution that we're providing. And a lot of the times our service is based on the experience that experiences that we had in the past, whether it was helping somebody else or helping ourselves. A lot of the mindset work that I'm doing now and helping rewrite their mindset is basically helping an older version of myself. I know because I was there. I've gone through these myths because at one point I believed all of them. So that's why it's so, so important to realize that even if you don't have professional experience yet, you can start building it now. And even if you don't have that professional experience, you can base your current practices on stuff you've gone through in the past. Again, this is just shifting our mindset here on what really qualifies us to go after these things. And a lot of the times we tell ourselves that we can't go after them until we have experience, but we're never going to get experience if we don't actually go work through it or go do it or practice, right? Practice, practice, practice. Show up, show up, show up consistently. It's the best way to gain experience. And the more you show up and the more you have those experiences and go through it and do the work, the more clarity you get on where you want to go and the more clarity you get on your message. The beginning is going to be messy and that's fine. But the important part is, is that you keep showing up so you can get that clarity and you can hone it down until your message is exactly what you've been envisioning. But you won't get there until you actually start applying or making actions with these things. Now, the second one of this particular myth is I have too many flaws to lead. So... This is also based, this is why I did both of these together, is because based on your past experience, your flaws may be the exact thing that you need to be successful at your job. So if you are talking about that um, relationship coach 
dream job, if that's what you're going after, to use the same example, maybe because you've had so many failed relationships before, you are the perfect fit for this job because you intimately understand what it takes and where those mistakes lay and how many times people make the same sort of mistakes without even being aware of it. You now not only help people by providing them with a solution or the tools to build better relationships or have a closer relationship with their spouse or their significant other, but you've also been there. You've, you've built better relationships in your own life. And that experience right there is even more qualification for how to move forward. So don't base your past flaws or your past perceived flaws as reasons that you can't go after it. Maybe you want to be a financial planner or help women be independent in their finances and actually get a hold of them instead of living paycheck to paycheck. And maybe you've been that woman before, so you understand. Just because you've been an older, just because a past version of yourself had these perceived flaws or went through these experiences doesn't mean that you're disqualified. You don't have to have a perfect track record to go after these things, right? You don't have to have a clean slate. A lot of the times, the best coaches are the ones that have been in the trenches themselves. The best financial planners are the ones that struggled with it in the past. The best, insert here, have the experiences that make them the best leaders in their industry because they understand wholeheartedly and intimately. They understand. They've been there. They've gone through it. They've experienced it. So if your feelings are with myth number four, which is I'm too inexperienced or I have too many flaws to lead, flip the script on that. Your perceived flaws and your perceived weirdness or views on things, that thing that makes you feel alone or like you're the only one or that nobody else has this thing, that's what makes you so unique. That's part of your selling point. That's part of what is going to help you tap into the industry because you have that unique perspective on whatever it is. You have that unique experience. You understand And a lot of the times we're all looking for someone that we can relate to or that understands where we've been because we know they're going to have more of a compassionate eye for us if they've been there too. There's a lot of power in that. So the next time that you think that you can't lead because you have flaws, don't be afraid to show those flaws. It also makes us a little more real especially on a business end. So when we see these influencers or these people who are out there promoting, you know, the best of the best and working with top brands and, you know, all we see is perfection is the more that they show their perfection, the more detached we feel because they are now not a person anymore. They're this perfect embodiment of what our goals are or what life should be like. And it's really hard to connect at that level because we can't view ourselves in their their, um, position. 
We can't view ourselves as being that person because they are perceived as perfect to us. When really, a lot of our sales come, especially in business, when we can picture ourselves doing whatever it is. So when we can picture ourselves having a successful business too, because this woman who coaches on growing your business has also been in the same spot that we have, we now see that it's possible. Or we can see ourselves wearing that t-shirt or that blouse because this girl that's modeling for this company is not a size double zero, right? They have a body type more like ours or whatever it is. It could go backwards. I'm just using an example. If you're a size 12 and you're looking at models that are all size double zero, it's going to be hard to envision yourself wearing the same outfit. And so just like the airy ads right now where they don't Photoshop their bodies and they have more than one body type or shape or size or quote unquote flaws, when they leave those in the ads, we have a better idea of what that clothing is going to look like on us because they're like us because we see ourselves in them and when you open up with some of what you think are flaws you're going to see a lot of people that immediately say I thought I was the only one I didn't know that there was someone out there that also struggled with whatever it is because nobody talks about it because nobody puts themselves out there because they're too busy trying to curate this perfect image and they're not willing to get vulnerable on that kind of stuff. And it's that vulnerability that is going to take you to the next level, that's going to help you sell, that's going to help you connect. Because when your target audience can see themselves in you, they see the potential in themselves to go after it too or to harness whatever it is that you're selling or to wear the product that you're making or to be in the position that you're currently in and helping coach people into when they can see that that's super super powerful so maybe just maybe those flaws that you see and that you're afraid to show are your greatest gift Maybe they're exactly what your target audience, when I talked about earlier, the people that are out there searching for you, but you know, they're coming back lost because you haven't shown up yet. Maybe they're going to find you because you were willing to be vulnerable with those flaws or that inexperience, or you can tell your story of how you screwed up or you made the mistake or you went through this terrible experience but came out on the other side all the better for it or you overcame whatever it was it's much more powerful when they can see your journey and that includes all of the messy pieces and all of the mistakes and failures and you don't need to completely expose yourself here but a lot of the time when you can show them that you understand on an intimate level, you have even more of that expert title, of that leader quality, of that qualification in their eyes because they know that you're not just talking about it. You've been there. 
they know that you have experienced it and you know how to get out of it. Because you have. You're not just talking about theories. You've actually done it. And they can see that. And that is super, super powerful. All right, guys, this is myth one through four. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you because I want you to really dig in on these today. And I promised at the beginning of this episode that you would be able to start immediately after this episode, that you could make an action item and actually make forward progress today. So we're going to break down the last four myths with your challenge, should you wish to accept it for today. So the myth number one was I don't have time. And your challenge for today is to look at your current routine and to go through and remove the things that you have committed to that you don't need to be. So all the things you said yes to that you should have said no to, either finish those tasks out or delegate them to someone else. But I also want you to take a really fine-tooth comb and be aware of when you're wasting your time. So are you binging several hours of reality TV every evening? Are you wasting time scrolling through your phone looking at what everybody else is doing instead of focusing on your dream job, are building that business that you want to go after, are you deciding that you're only going to show up when you feel like it? So I want you to go in and schedule in your routine time for yourself and going after whatever it is. So building that business, going after that job, going back to school, writing that book, whatever it is that you're like, yes, this is what I need to do. I want you to schedule it in like it's your job because it is. It is your job. It's going to become your job. Whether it's a calling or a passion, you need to start treating it as a job and not a hobby. And you need to start showing up for it. Okay, schedule that in. Myth number two was I've tried it before and it never worked out. So we talked about rewriting the way that we talk about things. So instead of I can't X, Y, Z, ask yourself, how can I? Start asking yourself that today because I guarantee you, your subconscious mind is going to bring you a buttload of answers that you didn't even think of before. It's not that you can't do it. It's that you're not asking the right questions. Myth number three was the market is too saturated. So I want you to just squash that right now. Look at it as job security. Look at it as a living example of what you are capable of. Because everything that she has accomplished or he has accomplished, everything that person that maybe inspired you to go after it in the first place, everything they've done is possible for you. You can see it. This is not a me or her world. This is a everybody has the opportunity for it. Start believing it. Okay. Number four is I am not qualified enough or I have too many flaws to lead. So I want you to start talking about those flaws or start seeing those flaws as qualifications for doing whatever it is you're doing and I want you to start seeing not just the professional experience that you've had on going after this dream but also the personal experience whether it was something you personally went through by yourself 
or something you experienced and learned how to get out of. Whatever it is that you are serving in this world, whether it's through coaching or through a new product or whatever it is that you're selling that you want to come up with an income for, that thing that's going to be your ticket to financial freedom, that dream business that you want to build... I want you to look at your past experiences as qualifications for going after it. Okay, come back for part two in the next episode. And we're going to continue the top myths for why you can't start today. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Rewrite Your Mindset podcast. If you loved what you heard today, make sure you click on that subscribe button. Have a major aha moment. I'd love for you to take a screenshot of today's episode and share it on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Rewrite Your Mindset so I can celebrate this breakthrough with you. Until then, 